Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! <laughs> There you go. There it is. Hello and welcome to an all new UFC on AfterBuzz TV. Today we have the fabulous duo, Dario Bernardo and George Adamoza. George Adamoza. Jay Tan is not joining us today, but Thank we would God. like to. Oh, I mean, what? I mean, I miss you. We miss you, Jay. Okay, guys. So we we love hearing your input. So keep sending us your tweets and comments. We do read every one of them. And don't miss the chance to take our very important listener survey at podcastone.com. Your responses will help make this show the very best that it can be. It'll only take about three minutes of your time, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing you helped us out. You can tell us how you really feel about the show and help get to know you better. Do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. And keep those tweets and comments coming. All right, guys. So we had an extraordinarily exciting card in New Orleans last night, Saturday, June 6th. Wow. Headlined wow. by Dan Henderson himself and Mr. Tim Boach. But wow. before we get to that, we did miss you guys a week. Um, but so- I, mean, I mean, there was still a UFC show last week. Yes, but um, we weren't here. Yeah, we had a previous commitment and I figure... I mean, we can just talk about the main event, Carlos Condit versus Tiago Alves, your former teammate, yes. Tiago Alves. Tiago Alves, uh, American top just team. to make a long story short, <laughs> I thought Condit destroyed Alves, uh, just based on uh, Tiago Alves' face. Uh, yeah, he got a, his nose was all the way onto his ear, and he didn't look good, but Condit, it was his first fight back in like a year. And he, uh, we have a, we have a dog in here. Uh, first fight, <laughs> first fight in like a year for Carlos Condit, and he, like I said, he looked, he looked like he's never been gone. Uh, definitely looks like he still belongs. Uh, what do you what do you think about Carlos Condit? Never missed a beat. I, I think he's probably uh, a top competitor, a guy that's been around for so long and is still so durable. Mm-hmm. And to face a guy like Tiago Alves and beat him the way that he beat him, mm-hmm. there's not much more you can say. Yeah, it actually stopped the fight in between the second and the third round. Right. Uh, like I said, if you would have seen Tiago Alves's face, then you, you would know why exactly. Uh, but yeah, good fight, Carlos Condit. Number right now, number four rank. So. Who knows? I mean, we got a big welterweight championship fight in a few months with uh, Rory, 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 Rory McDonald against Robbie Lawler. Yep. So I don't know if you give Condit the the, the winner. Uh, he, Reasonably so. Yeah. I mean, but do you wait that long? Maybe you give him a fight in between. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I can't recall if Tyron Woodley has a fight. I know they fought. Uh, like a year and a half ago, Condit uh-huh. and Woodley, and that fight ended because uh, due to Condit getting hurt. So those are never really a definitive winner. Even though Woodley was considered the winner, it was like by due to injury. Right. So yeah, maybe give them a rematch and see uh, what Woodley can do again. But Condit looked flawless. He did. Yeah. Carlos Condit back in action. Also back in action every single fight on this New Orleans card. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't one decision victory or loss 
On the main card. On the main card, They yeah. were all knockout and submission victories. 12 fights. 10 of them were just, uh, finishes. Uh-huh. Seven of those 10 were first-round finishes. Wow. Was there something in the air in New Orleans? Like, I feel like every Must time this happens, jambalaya. it's like, what? Must be that jambalaya. Must be. Every time this happens, it happens in, in bulk, you know? We have a show that's like all knockouts, all KOs, all submissions, or we have a show that's like all decisions. Mm-hmm. It's so funny how that works. But yeah, this one was definitely one of the most entertaining cards. We had a lot of SoCal locals on the card, people that we've had on AfterBuzz. Mm-hmm. We had Mr. Brian Ortega, mm-hmm. Mr. Christos Yagos, mm-hmm. and Mr. Joe Soto, all mm-hmm. Cali locals. Um, you remember Joe Soto, he had a title shot, his debut in the UFC, which mm-hmm. I think is record-breaking, against TJ Dillashaw after Hannah Burrell uh, fell out. So, Joe Soto, it was his second fight in the UFC. He was on the the uh, main card. Yeah. The second fight on the main card. But we're going to start one fight below him with number 11-ranked Francisco Rivera versus Alex Caceres. Rivera won via KO in round one. Rivera um, KO'd Caceres with a left hook. Incredible power for a bantamweight contender. Mm-hmm. Did you see that coming? I did. I, I didn't see that coming. But, uh, <laughs> did you really? No, now? no. Uh, Bruce, I think Bruce Leeway, Alex Caceres, former Ultimate Fighter yeah. winner from like years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, never really lived up to the potential, unfortunately. But yeah, Rivera, it, it looked like at first might have been premature. But again, the ref's job is essentially the safety of the fighter. So whatever he sees, 99% of the time, I will trust. So if he saw Caceres not be in a position to defend himself properly, then... You know what? Rightfully so. Well, I think anytime I, we go over this a lot, but I think anytime the body goes limp like that mm-hmm. and you're down and you don't get up immediately, it's a it's a knockout. Mm-hmm. Even if you do come to again, you might not be fully there and it mm-hmm. might not be safe to continue fighting. But I think it was a good call. I didn't see an early stoppage there. Um, I could see how you could, but I, I, I was agreeing in agreement with that stoppage. Mm-hmm. Um, Francisco Rivera's number eleven, a dominant performance, a dominant win. What do you do with him next? I don't know. What's the what's the top fifteen looking like there? Uh, well, he's not in the top fifteen, but for bantamweight, I mean, you have at the bottom Alex, per- oh, Eric Perez, Thomas Almeida, Frankie Science, Yuri Alcantara. Oh, I'm sorry, I retort my previous statement. Yeah, he is. Francisco Rivera is number eleven. Yeah, that's sorry. what I just said, George. Sorry, I was listening. Gosh, I mean, I was listening, but I wasn't listening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, We're a guy. Mm-hmm. We don't listen. Hello, hello, hello. Um, so where do you put him next? Uh, you got Mizugaki, Aljamain Sterling, Johnny mm-hmm. Eduardo, Michael McDonald, who I feel like I haven't seen fight in a while. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in a while. So, yeah, anywhere. There's a lot of good contenders. Uh, next on the card, Joe Soto versus Anthony Burchek. Uh, Joe Soto, a much more evenly matched fight. This mm-hmm. was actually his original opponent the night that he was uh, set to face TJ Dillashaw. He was actually set to face Anthony Burchek, but they obviously needed that title fight more than they needed this fight so they pulled him up he did pretty good he went i think three or four rounds with dillashaw right until mm-hmm. dillashaw finished it they went the the full five rounds did it go the full i five? mean it, it went the full five but it didn't he they got finished in the five he got finished in the fifth yeah right um well this was quite the contrary joe soto was knocked out by anthony burchek in round one mm-hmm. it was it, that was a knockout too he um he caught soto with a right Soto recovered really quick. Burchek was relentless. Caught Soto again, and this time dropped him for real, finishing that fight. For real, Z's. For real. Talk about power in this mm-hmm. division. Gosh. Um, Anthony Burchek. Next on the card, we have uh, Brian Ortega versus Tiago Tavares. Brian Ortega, 
former AfterBuzz guest. AfterBuzz guest. AfterBuzz guest. Remember, Brian, guys? Look um, it up. I think it was an episode with... I don't remember. It was like in May or June. It's yeah. on YouTube. Thank God it's on YouTube. You guys can look it up. Uh, <laughs> After Buzz, After Show with Brian Ortega. It was with Marcus Kowal. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a fun show. It was a great show. And now it's... I, I, I like those kind of guests when we see them here before. Because I think his first UFC fight was coming up after that, I think. Yeah, I believe. He, he won his first UFC fight, but then it was turned over to a no contest because he was popped with uh, steroids. Yeah. So... He was suspended for a little while, and this was his first fight back in the UFC since his suspension. Yeah. Um, he didn't have any fights in the meantime. This was his uh, next one back. He is still undefeated. He would have been 9-0, and but now he's 9-0 and anyway. And he is a dominant force. He trains with uh, the group called Black Belt Surfing, mm-hmm. a bunch of black belts. Yeah, he was surf. talking about it uh, when he was a guest here. And right. Something I've never heard of before until he came on. Uh, it sounds pretty cool. Right? Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, it's a bunch of guys that are amazing at jujitsu and also amazing in the water. So mm-hmm. really talented guy. He also in the what? In the water. Just I don't know. Water. 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 <sighs> Jersey people out there, stick up for me. Anyway, so um what I'm saying is they're multi talented. And they all he, Renner Gracie was in his corner. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I knew Renner Gracie was a longtime training partner of Brian Ortega, also kind of like a mentor to Brian Ortega. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to see a, a Gracie in the corner there. They were super loud, a loud corner. You heard them the entire time cheering for Ortega. And let me just say, that one fight of the night, and it Rightfully absolutely so. should have. It was the that most fight was, oh entertaining God. fight. I agree. Brian Ortega was getting out wrestled for a minute. He kept getting taken down, but he wouldn't stay down for long. And when he was down there, he was doing such damage from the bottom to Brad Tavares. I mean, his uh, triangle attempts, armbar attempts weren't fully coming through, but the elbows that he was landing from the bottom were enough in themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when Brian Ortega got to his feet and stood, his striking looked impeccable. His, oh my God, his I was so impressed by his striking. Uh, right? One of the best things is Brian Stan kind of definitely recognizing that as far as like I think a lot of other guys maybe would have that's a great thing about Stan and Florian and, and, and Rogan is that they, they recognize those type of things they do their homework they see how Ortega was in the last fight and even his last previous fight with RFA uh-huh. um, yeah Henner Jay just uh, on the on the on our chat feed Jay just spread it out Henner not Renner Henner Gracie I said Henner Gracie no, you said Renner did I yeah oh okay sorry Jay <laughs> Because uh, you're not here, but yeah. So, so he he did point that out, and that's something that I noticed as well. His striking, and not even his striking, but just look at look at Tiago Tavares' face. And uh, like a cut here, a cut there, a he cut had a on the other side. Big gash on his eyebrow. I thought they were going to stop the fight between round and two and three. And but... that just goes to show just how great his striking was. Because I know that sometimes accidental cuts happen. But when you had when you look at his face, there's no accident. That's that's precision. That's accuracy. That's, Absolutely. That's practice. Everything that Brian Ortega has done, it was like wow. That's definitely a, a much better Ortega than he. He saw. was like leaping off the cage, yeah. throwing a Superman punch. He had a spinning back elbow that landed perfectly mm-hmm. and and cut open the eye of Brad Tavares. I mean, you're talking about Brad Tavares. You're talking Chiago. about. What? Tiago uh, Tavares. Oh my god, now I'm screwing everything up. Oh, J-Tan's going to say something else. J-Tan will say it. Let me know when D- he comes. Daria will never get a blue belt if she doesn't learn and practice to the R, practice the R to the H pronunciations. Tell J to It's F water. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Tiago Tavares. Anyway, Tiago Tavares. Mm-hmm. Um, he is definitely a dominant force and 
a recognizable name in this weight class. Mm-hmm. So when Brian Ortega got the call, apparently he was like, oh, I want this fight. I want this fight so bad. And they were kind of shocked because they're like, oh, you, you want such a hard comeback fight? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I want this. I want this matchup. And wow, did he perform to that. He definitely fight of the night. Um, definitely fighter of the night. Like I mean, it's official. Like they, they won, he won. He did get fight in the night. So yep. an extra fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollar bonus. He said he's going to buy some new shoes. Did he say that? Yes, Brian Ortega. Whenever you want, feel free to come back at any time to our After Buzz TV show. We'll panel. definitely get Brian back on. Maybe, maybe in the coming weeks, guys. Um, maybe he's definitely a prospect in that weight class, and so are a lot of these guys on this card. Next up, we have Dustin Poirier versus Yancey Medeiros. Uh, Dustin Poirier is out of American Top Team. Yancy Madero's trains with, uh, saw Diaz in his corner. That was nice. Oh, I saw Diaz, yeah. Nick Diaz. Um, Poirier rocked Yancy with a right, then a left. Poirier gets, uh, back mount, works for a little bit on the ground, stands back up, rocks him again, and it was over. Dude, I've always loved Dustin Poirier. He's been one of my favorite fighters for a while. A cha- he's one of those guys that I think any day out of the year, He's at his best. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a confident guy. He looks confident when he's in there. Um, I never for a second worry about him, you know, getting knocked out or anything like that. He has such a strong stance, good defense, and obviously good offense because he won via TKO in round one. He's from Louisiana, so. That I'm was sure in his hometown, of- right. I'm sure a lot of people were happy to see him win. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this was supposed to be, a, I mean, technically it wasn't lightweight. It was a second fight back from light, um, from being a featherweight. Right. I think he kind of got scared off by Conor McGregor. Uh, <laughs> but it's a second fight coming back to lightweight. I guess technically because Yancey Medeiros missed weight, technically it was a catch weight. Yeah. But, of course, obviously he's supposed to be lightweight. Yeah, he looks Yancey Medeiros weighed in at 159. You, you can tell that he is ready to play. He's mm-hmm. ready to go. He says, you know, I wake up, I'm a fighter. That's what he said in his post-fight interview. I'm, I'm just a fighter, like, and he, I'm saying he looked good. He, I'm surprised that that fight didn't get stopped a couple punches before because he was so. It, it, it may have, yeah, it could have. Um, Dustin Poirier is one of those guys. He said in his uh, pre-fight interview, he was like, "I just love the sport so much that sometimes I catch myself getting so uh, showy with my technique in the cage." Like, kind of like he's, you know, he tries to show off his technique, and then he's like, okay, get back to, like, the fight. Mm-hmm. But either way, uh, Dustin Poirier looked amazing in this fight, and I think he's going to continue to look amazing in this weight class. I actually think this is his natural weight class. I think this is yeah. where he's meant to be. He, that's what he said, too. He's like, you know, yeah, yes, he, he went up, and he's got a little bit more power because, you know, the extra muscle that he gained. Uh-huh. So, yeah, like I said, I, I've always been a fan of this guy. I, I really hope he does well in that division. I really hope he makes the or cracks the top 15 lightweight rankings. I think so. Soon. One more fight, and I think we'll see that. Next, we have number nine ranked Ben Rothwell versus Matt Mitrione, number 13. Whew. Hmm. You know, this is a heavyweight fight. So this I knew is, this was not going to go past the first or second round. Yeah, I think we both knew turning this fight on, we knew it, it could be a quick one. But seeing how all the fights were quick, I was like, maybe we'll get a surprisingly mm-hmm. longer fight. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Uh, ben Rothwell won via guillotine slash front headlock choke in round one. Wow, was that one of the fastest taps I've ever seen via mm-hmm. submission. Yeah, he got him good. Uh, I, I thought Mitrione was going to probably stand up with him more. Mm-hmm. It looked like he went for a takedown and probably one of his biggest mistakes that he probably yeah, did Yeah, Matt Mitrione shot in for what looked like a double leg. And uh, Ben Rothwell sprawled perfectly. As he was sprawling, he grabbed the choke 
and locked it up. I think it was an arm in guillotine, if I remember correctly, but it didn't matter what it was. The chest pressure of, of Ben Rothwell is really what made Matrion tap. And he, he did like a double hand tap. Did you see that? Yeah. Ben Rothwell, he, he came off beating uh, Alistair Overeem back in September. Yep. Do you see his post-fight interview, though? No. Oh, you didn't, you didn't watch his post-fight? No, he, I didn't. He, he was just so like, typical wrestling promo. He just kind of, he does like, I'm ready for this. And he does this like this, ha, 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 By the way, I'm not even exaggerating by that. He's literally like, ha, 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 this huge fake laugh. I'm like, oh. Maybe he's trying to transfer over to the WWE and he's kind of like giving them a Maybe. taste of what he has. I mean, again, we, we've seen in the past that that's kind of how you get people's attentions is being a good, a good person on the mic. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it with Conor McGregor. Can you imagine Conor McGregor? Uh, him being as big as he is without talking. He's what? like I'm saying. Like, can you imagine McGregor being as good, you know, as popular as he is uh, without his without work. without his his no, microphone skills? Or absolutely not. Skills? It's it's half of him. You know, I'm not saying it's the biggest half of him or the better half of him, but it's half of his game. Half of his game is his amazing amazing athleticism in the cage, mm-hmm. and the other half is his amazing microphone presence. And it's what we love to watch, right? I mean, with all due respect to a lot of these uh, guys, like that the, 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 that have the the microphone presence. You have to, I think, work a little bit harder if you don't have the microphone skills to kind of get that noticeable or noticeability, if that's even a word. Because you look at Anderson Silva. Notability, yeah. He didn't really become into his own until he started really destroying people. You know, he didn't, uh, who else? Uh, Leoto Machida. Well, I'm saying who else is like well, the top elite guy? Uh, that isn't good on the microphone? Yeah, that just kind of lets the fighting work for themselves. I you got know, you. Silva, uh, like John yeah. Jones is whatever. Yeah. You know, all these guys. Chris like, Weidman's Yeah, not Rousey. That. Well, Rousey is different. But then you look at the other guys, you know, the, the Chael Sonnens and the Conor McGregor and right. everyone else. It's like Josh Barnett. Some of them are, they're all good, but I'm saying they get, how can I say, they get more things they get more opportunities both in the cage and outside of the cage because they're so good and so good on the microphone. Absolutely. They get opportunity not only for their athleticism and their ability to compete, but also for their ability to perform exactly. and put on a show. Yeah. They guys like Dana White and, you know, Lorenzo, they want people that can put on a show and put, you know, people in the in the seats. And at the end of the day, that's what people like Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey do. Mm-hmm. It's what they do on a daily basis. So if you don't have that microphone presence, I think your athletic ability needs to be stellar mm-hmm. to stand out as much or to get as many opportunities. So I, mean, I, I look I at totally I look agree. at your first fight ever. You know, you won, and then your first three words. I'm not going to repeat it, but I mean, your first three words were, you know, holy effing ish, and then and like literally got a huge reaction from the crowd. It's like, and it's one of those things where I don't think people were really because re- everybody else is like, oh, it was a good fight. I did good. My coaches did good, but you know, for you to kind of come out and say holy, you know, effing ish, it's like. <laughs> Suddenly, I think that kind of got you more fans alone than the actual performance. You already had fans to begin with because I heard it being in the crowd. Uh But then I think that even kind of like, oh, wow. like And she's a human being, too. She's not just a robot talking, you know? Right. Well, I think that I think that's the greatest way to put it is that we like to humanize, you know, our our fighters. So Mm -hmm. if we see them in the cage and they're these, you know, athletic specimen and then we hear them talk and we're like, oh, my God, they have a personality, Mm -hmm. too. Like. That's a double whammy. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a singer that can also dance. Mm-hmm. When they perform, it's that much better because they're like, oh, they're a really good singer, and they can move mm-hmm. and groove. It's amazing to watch. Even like Brian Ortega, uh, a lot of people, the the thing that everybody remembers from his post fight interview was 
everybody, I don't know if you saw that too, but he was like, man, it was tough when Tiago was bleeding on me because it kind of fell into my mouth and I was kind of warm. Ew, <laughs> yeah. that is and, so bad. And again, bad. I got a reaction from the crowd, you know, that I think that's what it is about. Yes, it is a sport and I love this sport, but you also, if, if that's what you want to do, you also have to do that side if that's what you want. If you don't want that, then, you know, that's on you. That's right, something right, else. Right. But if you do want to maybe get additional opportunities, that's why guys like Rashad Evans, Daniel Cormier, Michael Bisbing are, are on the Fox panel uh-huh. because they can speak well, because they know what to say. They're not just, like I said, sounding robotic. Absolutely. And it helps with, like, well, sponsorships. I mm-hmm. shouldn't say that now because now Reebok's taking over. Yeah. But it does help with other opportunities, deals outside of the UFC or deals along with mm-hmm. the UFC and MMA. Um, it, it creates a career after a career, too. A lot of people in our industry think about, you know, what are we going to do when we turn 40 or 50? Mm-hmm. You know, all for Dan Hendo, you just keep fighting. But yeah. when, you, when you get older and you have, you know, limited amount of years in the cage, what can you turn to? And when you make such a name for yourself and, and such a, a market for your or a brand, I should say, like Conor McGregor, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey can write a book, you know, twice a year, every year till she, you know. Have you bought her book yet? I haven't. I need to buy Ronda Rousey's books. Thanks for reminding I know, me. I know you're going to have time to read. Oh, yeah? I don't know. I'm just, I heard you're going somewhere, like on a plane. So I figure, I, I me mean, personally, if I'm on a plane, I either I like listen, to read on a plane. I Absolutely. Like to read or I like to listen to like podcasts. Oh, yeah. Podcasts are good on planes. I don't know. I love music, but sometimes it gets repetitive. And I, I got to look for what I want to look for, but, or what I want to listen to. But again, reading, listening to podcasts. So I I'd might get, get Ronda Rousey's book. I say get it today. I'm going to get it today. There you go, George. If You're welcome, by the way, Ronda Rousey. I just made you like four bucks off of royalties. You think that's how much she gets? I don't know. Probably. Probably. Probably a good amount. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's uh, talk about this right here. Guys, I want to tell you something really cool and exciting. You I'm can listening. now apply to Dance Battle, America ABC's newest competition special. From our very own AfterBuzz founder and e-host Maria Menounos and Julianne Huff from Dancing with the Stars, comes ABC. I know, right? Comes ABC's special dance battle, America. During the holiday season over the last two years, Julianne and Maria have engaged in a fearsome dance battle via social media. Once the challenge took off, celebrities like Kate Hudson and Amber Riley joined in, and a dance battle craze began. Now the ladies are challenging everyone in America to battle it out for the chance to fly to L.A. and compete on the dance show. What if we live in L.A.? Well, then you just drive. (laughs) Maybe you get a limo. Okay. Here's an opportunity of a lifetime. If you want the chance to dance on network television, go to www.dancebattleamericacasting.com. For more information on how to submit your video. Did I say that? Yeah, you're like WWE <laughs> dot. Right? How? I'll try it again. WWE. Because everybody right now is going to WWE. Why is <laughs> why is not why is it not showing up? You're right. www.dancebattleamericacasting.com. For more information on how to submit your video, don't forget to post it on social media using hashtag dancebattleabc. Thank God we're not live and but, we can just edit that out. Yeah, yeah, no problem. We got our computer geeks in there doing right, Alexis. We got it. <laughs> She's asleep. Um, anyway, guys, that is like really cool. So I'm a phenomenal dancer. Are you? Are you, you going to send a little dance battle video and Absolutely try to get on? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I only dance in front of my mirror and my underwear. If you can do it in front of your mirror, you can do it in front of a camera. And I can do it on a pole too. That's for another story. Oh, right. That's I'm for, just saying. That's for another show. Um, I think you thought we were on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's after okay. buzz. Okay, after, after buzz. After, after buzz. show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the main event of the evening. Before you start, 
Oh, why? Remember, the original main event was supposed to be Daniel Cormier versus Ryan Bader. Absolutely right. But then something happened with Daniel Cormier. Oh, he, he just became, went and won a title. Yeah, he became unavailable. Yeah. And yeah, he just went off and won a title. Jerk. So instead of uh, getting a replacement for Ryan Bader, which I guess we can talk about it afterwards, but uh, no, they scratched Ryan Bader from the card. And I guess we can talk about it after we talk about the main event. The main event of the evening, Dan Henderson versus Tim Boach. A big middleweight bout. Um, Hendo coming off of two losses. I think it was, um, what's his name? What was his last two losses? Do you remember? Daniel Cormier was the first one. And then, remember the second one? Gegard Mousasi. Gegard Mousasi. So coming off of those two losses, obviously to top top guys, but... A dominant win via KO in round one. He knocked Tim Boach the bleep out. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Did you think that was going to happen? Did you see the H-bomb coming? Or I did didn't you see think- it coming. I thought it was going to be a little bit... Uh, I thought it was going to come later. Okay. And I thought Boach would have probably took a couple on. But I, I didn't know it was going to end like that so quickly. Right. Um, but- well, because Tim Boach was the... the the Well, um, Dan Henderson was the underdog on this card. Did yeah. you have him as the underdog or did you think he was going to win? I thought he was going to win. Yeah. I, I think just for the sake of rankings, I think he was technically the, the underdog. Right. Uh, but yeah, I totally had Henderson winning. Him winning. Yeah. There are just some things that no matter what age you are, I mean, of course, he's not going to be 60, but I don't think age has much to do with, you know, his downfall as opposed to just maybe the sport passing him by in some ways. Right. Well, you're talking about a guy that has been fighting for over a decade he yeah. fought in pride for years mm-hmm. and really i think had his prime in pride mm-hmm. and then came to the ufc later and had a great career here mm-hmm. so definitely a guy that is lacking no merits but he is probably at a point right now where like where do you put him right now i i wouldn't put i wouldn't i'd rank him for the sake of ranking him right like for example uh, he's not ranked at all but you have like the number 15 as Rowan uh, carnero Robert Whitaker, Tim Boach is number 13. So obviously for the sake of ranking, I'd probably put Tim Boach off and maybe put Hendo at 15. Right. But I, I, I based on his last two fights that he fought against Cormier, especially Cormier and uh, Musasi, a part of me was happy that his fight with John Jones got canceled because then I would have saw a complete massacre. I think John Jones would have tried. I don't think he's good yeah. enough to be at the top of the, even get a title shot. But I think, I still think he, there's a place for him. Um, yes, he's 43, 44. 44. Um, if he wants to fight, who's going to tell him no? Especially with how good he looked. Right. So again, maybe like that 7 through 13 or 14 range. You know, again, you have uh, Robert Whitaker, Carnero in the bottom of the rankings. So if they want to prove themselves, then, you know, put in Henderson. And Dan Henderson is definitely a good placeholder. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. He, he's just a guy. He's got experience. Again, I don't think his age has much to do with his, you know, his losses. I think just Cormier and who are just always a much better fighter. Right. Uh, but, yeah, he's definitely, like you said, a placeholder as, to the point where beating him is still something of an, an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. A hundred percent. Dan Hendo is not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, just some tweets. I like to kind of read some tweets at times afterwards. You had uh, Joe Lozon. He just put, you know, I effing love Hendo. Chris Weidman tweeted, Dan Henderson is the man. You know, our buddy Alan Juban saying, who can stop the H-bomb of Dan Hendo? Paige Van Sant, who was was there yesterday. Yeah, I saw her there. She was looking good. Yeah? She literally put, ah! No, seriously. 
Keely put, ah, and then tagged Edit Henderson. Ah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a good response. Rockhold put, H- hashtag H-bomb, yes. Stipe just put Hendo. Cormier, way to go, Hendo. Miles Jury, the H-bomb came through once again. Dan Hendo is the man. Happy to see him get another highlight win. Definitely a highlighter. Yeah. Warren Min tweeted again, you have to be afraid of the H-bomb. So, again, it's it's one of those things where I'd love to see him maybe get a title shot just mm-hmm. for the sake of, you know, being maybe the Randy Couture of this era. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just don't think he's got any chance to, to, to compete with a top-level guy to be either middleweight or light heavyweight. Right. No, I hear you. I, I, th- I think Dan Henderson's still in the mix. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely one of those guys that can be that stomping ground for the new guys. Like, mm-hmm. if you beat Dan Henderson, you f- you deserve to be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. You deserve that, that place. Because he is a durable guy, a guy that's been around forever, a guy with immense skill and power, of course, behind that H-bomb. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, like I said, title announcements, mm-hmm. uh, they announced what I was going to say earlier, how everybody was hoping for a Bader title shot, but they announced Cormier against Gustafsson. Mm-hmm. They haven't announced a date yet. I know they announced that, I think the September 5th UFC pay-per-view was going to be in Vegas. Right. So maybe they're aiming for that. And they also announced that officially it's going to be Weidman against Rockhold. So no more debating, no more speculating. There it is. So Chris Weidman versus poor, Luke Rockhold. We got the East Coast versus the West Coast, poor, baby. Poor Jacare, who has to wait even longer to fight. They had to pick one or the other, right? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious how they... I want to I wanna be in the room where they said, all right, here's how we're going to decide. Did they flip a coin? Did they analyze, you know, they have a big know. chart, you know, PowerPoint presentation. <sighs> That's what I think they should have done. They should have Jacques Ray and Weidman present a PowerPoint to Dana White That's and That's what Lorenzo you think should have and, happened? And Joe Silva. They've come all this way and they should, they should make a PowerPoint. Hey, the hard work never stops. I mean, they teach you to have PowerPoint at, uh, for something at school. I figure might as well, this is a good time to use it. This is a great time to use it when you're a world championship contender. Yeah. Um, I think what, I think we'll find out at the post fight press conference when whoever is the winner and, and, and one of those, one of us, Get on the microphone and say, Dana White, how'd you make this decision? <laughs> I think that's when we'll find out. Or maybe before then, who knows? Or maybe before. I know next week there's a pay-per-view as well in Mexico. Mexico. Mexico City. Finally. Fabricio Verdun. Finally, we get to see Kane Velasquez. He hasn't fought since October of 2013. So I, I got I, We got to do our UFC After Buzz predictions. I'm just going to predict. We're just going to predict all the fights because eh, we have time. Uh, so, bottom of the main card, I know our girl Tisha Torres, who we you know we covered on the versus Angela Hill season of uh, Ultimate Fighter. Yes, what do you we think? did. Tisha Torres or Angela Hill? Uh, Tisha Torres by a mile. Angela Hill has amazing boxing slash kickboxing. Tisha Torres has phenomenal Muay Thai skill. Mm-hmm. Tisha Torres is just a little more advanced than Angela Hill, in my opinion. More definitely more experienced in the MMA circuit. Um, if Tisha Torres decided to make it a grappling match, she would win that battle as well because Angela Hill is still a little inexperienced there. Mm-hmm. So I have Tisha Torres all around by I, a mile. You said, yeah. Well, I got her. I got her winning by only a quarter of a mile. Oh, okay, it's still a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd gas at like a tenth of a mile, but still, that's where you have her pretty, winning. Yeah, okay, pretty much. So I, I'd say by ground and pound. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could she see knocks the same her down. Thing. She does like a, a back house spin fist. Gets her, uh, she gets her wobbled. So and so ground and pound. Big John comes in and says, "Fight's over." He just coined a new f- phrase: "Back house spin fist." That's right, baby. Back house spin fist. Yeah, I like that. Don't make me repeat it again. So uh, who's next on the card? Kelvin Gastelum versus Nate the Great Marquois. Mm. K 
Calvin Gastelum. Why? Uh, he he's coming off a loss, correct? He is coming off a loss to Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone Woodley, yeah. Mr. Dude Wipe himself. Yeah. Um. So Calvin Gastelum, prior to losing to Tyrone Woodley, he was on a you know undefeated, un- unbeatable stomp. Mm-hmm. He really was conquering all in the weight class, and I don't see that changing just because he got beat by Tyrone Woodley. Tyrone mm. Woodley is a deadly force in this weight class. Um. So I'm going to go with Calvin Gastelum. I don't quite think that Nate is is there yet. I think that that Calvin Gastelum's newer, fresher. And better. Well, Nate was there before. Right. Uh, he even had a title shot against Anderson Silva. I think he, he was the one of the last, one of the last strike force champions. Right. But again, he's a guy who has the experience, but just again, like we, like we know for a fact, experience doesn't always mean success. No, that's what I'm saying. I, Calvin Gaslam's newer, fresher. Yeah, yeah. He's hotter on the market. I think he's, he's in his prime right now is what yeah. I'm trying to say. And, I just have Kelvin Gastelum. Like I say all the time, uh, I think at times a loss might be the greatest thing to happen in your career. Right. I think Gastelum's loss last, you know, I think it was uh, December or January was probably the best thing to happen to him. And yeah, I I think he's going to fix the flaws that he had in his game and really bring it to Nate Nate, Nate Marquardt, who hasn't hasn't had much success like the last year. I think he only has one win. Lately, right. Yeah. And I think he got destroyed by Brad Tavares uh, not too long ago. Uh, so yeah, I, I have Gastelum winning. And I hope that we don't predict the same person on the next fight because it's getting a little boring that we're agreeing on everything. All right. Well, let's disagree. Who do we got next? Gilbert Melendez versus Eddie Alvarez. Hmm. Gilbert Melendez. Out wrestling. I mean, I guess I have to pick Eddie Alvarez because, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would normally pick Melendez. Uh, he's the guy that came off a loss as well. He just came yeah. off uh, Anthony Pettis' loss. A big loss, which right. Which kind of surprised me how, how quick he lost. Because uh, he, he's yeah, a guy that I thought would never, would, would never give up. By Anthony Pettis. Yeah. Anthony Pettis submitted Gilbert Melendez, which I thought I would never see happen. But, hey, Anthony Pettis is the real deal. Um, and so is Gilbert Melendez. I think, not that it was a fluke, but I think... Still think that Gilbert Melendez is as great as he's always been. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy that's a veteran as well in the sport and mm-hmm. in the UFC, and I think he's um, one step ahead right now. I mean, Eddie Alvarez is no joke either. He's still looking for his first uh, UFC win. Uh, I think his first fight was against Donald Cerrone, mm-hmm. which was a pretty fun fight. Always, always with anything that Cerrone is involved. Yeah, anything having to do with Donald Cerrone. Pretty much, yeah. But mm-hmm. oh, it's gonna suck for Alvarez because he had that huge hype train coming in. Where UFC signed him, and then Bellator was like, no, not so fast. Uh, yep. Injunctions here, injunctions there. So you would think like, wow, this... And it's funny, because public perception would think that, wow, if this guy is being involved in this kind of, I guess, litigation or jury, whatever the words are, you know, the legal words are, it's like, wow, if UFC wants him that bad, he must be that good. Right. So it's kind of like, well, he did lose against Cerrone. But not, it's against, Donald obviously, Cerrone. Obviously, obviously nothing against Cerrone. Right. But... It's just so weird how they always bring these guys. So I don't, I think I want to see him win in general. I don't want to see him beat Melendez because I love Melendez. I love El Nino. But yeah, I, I see Melendez beating him. I think, again, he's a guy, he's another guy who knows how to fix his flaws. Mm-hmm. He knows what he did wrong against Pettis and he's not going to let it happen to him again. So. Definitely not. It's, yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be an interesting fight. Obviously, Eddie is good standing up, and Melendez has great ground game. You never know how it's going to play out with a grappler versus striker, but I'm excited to see that one. Mm-hmm. Who do we have next? The main event, the interim champion of the world, Fabricio Verdun, which, by the way, you can go to YouTube and watch me interview Fabricio Verdun in Espanol. That was so cool. 
That Adam Victor. Cool. Yeah. That was really fun. I, I liked it. It was cool because <laughs> everybody thought he was blowing us off in the beginning. Because remember, I went up to interview him, and he's like, oh, no, no, not, not, not now. Obviously, it looked like he wasn't being a prick. It just, he had obviously, you know, just finished coaching or, or cornering uh, Cyborg. Right. And so I was like, oh, no. and we were all like, we were done. We were like, oh, well, that was, uh, okay, that was a good try. And then afterwards, he came back to us and said, hey, do you guys still want that interview, you know? And yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, and, you know, can we do it in English and Spanish? He's like, oh, I prefer, because I want to do me in Spanish and then you in English. I thought that would have been cool to have. Both, right. But yeah, but obviously he said he preferred Spanish, so obviously I'm not going to argue with the guy. He's much, much bigger than me, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah. Very so, large. Yeah, very cool, very nice, very humble, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can watch it on YouTube, George Hermos interviews Fabrizio Verdum for AfterBuzz TV in Espanol. That was really cool. Uh, but yeah. So uh, who do you have winning? Interim champion versus Cain Velasquez, the actual champion. <sighs> this is a tough one. Oh. Because Verdun has looked amazing in the last few years. He has. Like that guy. And Cain Velasquez hasn't been seen. Exactly. In the last few years. Exactly. Um, again, he hasn't fought since like October of 2013. Just injuries here, injuries there. And here, here's my question for you. Uh, obviously, you know, being, being trained and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, what, what was the worst injury that you've had ever? I've never had any bad ones, to be honest. Um, a really messed up eye, just a, but it was just black and bloody. It or maybe what you've bad. seen before. It's like, if you come up, if you come off a bad injury. Right. Do you, I, do you start to test it? From my experience in the past with teammates and mm-hmm. training partners and stuff like that, yeah, when they come back from an injury, they're hesitant at first because mm-hmm. the last thing they want is another injury. That's that's a fighter's biggest. But you don't fear. want to test it in, during a fight as opposed to during a practice either, right? I, I don't. I don't think us us as fighters. I don't think we have a, a hold back button. You know what I mean? I think people like to think that when you have a bad injury, you know we're going to come in timid or 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 shy in the fight. I don't think fighters have that in them. I think the reason why we're in why, why we're in the cage is because we like to leave it all in the cage. Mm-hmm. So I don't see Cain Velasquez holding back or or crutching on an old injury or anything like that. I see Cain Velasquez coming back like the powerhouse that we've always mm-hmm. known him to be. I agree. I mean, that, that guy's anything, a phenomenal wrestler. If anything, being away that long is the mental battle. Yeah. I don't think he'll be physically affected, but when you're, I mean, when you're out of the cage for that long and then your fight back is a title fight. You know, I mean, AKA he never looking, lost it. AKA's been looking good though. Yes. So you know, he doesn't want to be the guy that I don't know. I, I again, I think everything you're saying about Kane and I agree. Uh huh. But Verdun's just been looking amazing. So just you got Verdun on this one. Oh, I'm gonna go with Verdun. He's uh, he's gonna catch Kane in something. Yeah. He's been looking even even in the last loss that he had against Overeem a few years ago. It's not like he looked bad. It was just right. It was just a weird fight. I'm going to go with Cain Velasquez. I guess I'm going to have to go. With, I mean, I'm not going with Verdun just to be opposite you. I'm going for Verdun because I really think he's going to win. I no, think he's I believe take it. it. I so believe it. Should be a fun fight. Uh, It'll definitely be an entertaining fight. I think that's it. I think you have one more live read, though. Oh. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> I want to tell you about something really cool and exciting. You can now apply to Dance Battle America, ABC's newest competition special. From our very own AfterBuzz founder and e-host, Maria Menounez and Julianne Huff from Dancing with the Stars comes ABC's special Dance Battle America. During the holiday season over the last two years, Julianne and Maria have engaged in a fearsome dance battle via social media. Once the challenge took off, celebrities like Kate Hudson and Amber Riley joined in and a dance battle craze began. Now the ladies are challenging everyone in America to battle it out for the chance to fly to Los Angeles and compete on the dance show. 
Here's an opportunity of a lifetime. If you want the chance to dance on the network television show, go to www.dancebattleamericacasting.com. That's www.dancebattleamericacasting.com. For more information on how to submit your video, don't forget, also post it on social media using hashtag DanceBattleABC. Cool. Cool. I think we're done. That's a wrap. You mean we can't go on for another half an hour? No. Not so much to say. I know you do, but they're cutting well, us out of here. If anything, if you, uh, I do have a lot. I always have a lot to say. So feel free to reach me at Twitter on Instagram. Mostly on Twitter. Obviously, it's a lot easier to chat on Twitter at G H E R M O Z A G Hermosa. You can tag us at hashtag ABTVUFC. Yep. Is that just ABTVUFC? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, feel free to talk. I mean, I chit chat with Twitter followers all day long. So, you know, ask me what you think. I'll ask me what I think. I don't know how I said that. Ask me. What you? I don't know. I messed it up. Just follow me. Bye, George. You can what? find me at DarryB28 and at the Jersey Devil on Instagram and Twitter. Guys, we will see you soon. Hot new MMA news coming. Hot new fights coming. We'll see you guys later. Hot. Hot. Like I said, hot. Because it's really hot in it here. It is hot in here. That's what. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.